Hello everyone, this is Brendan Elliott, your PJ professional here in Central Florida, and this is the episode of Love of the Links Radio uh, for the week of February 25th. So I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, a little bit late in the week once again, getting getting to this podcast, uh, recording for this week. Uh, but we got we got a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of golf news. Um, last week's winner in Mexico. Uh, was Dustin Johnson. Dustin really put on a show. Uh, did have a little bit of a stumble on on his. Uh, I believe it was a Saturday round, uh, but really nothing to uh, worry about. I mean, he was running on all cylinders, and honestly, I, I really, really enjoyed watching uh, the event. Uh, got a got a friend that works the event down in Mexico. Uh, and uh, cool seeing some of his pictures on Instagram, uh, and it's just a cool venue, a lot of really neat holes, and especially at the uh, elevation that they're playing at. I know a lot was made of uh, the elevations, the high elevations they're playing at, much much higher than any other altitude that they played on in a PGA Tour event. Remember back in, God, probably the 90s used to play a Stableford event, I believe, in Colorado, and that was some place where they could really bust it out there, and because of the altitude, really hit some some long tee shots and hit some incredible uh, distances with their irons, but that's nothing compared to what we saw in Mexico, I think. Guys were driving 400-yard par fours, and it was just really a lot of fun to, to see that. And a lot of guys were playing well, too, you know, you had... Rory playing well, Dustin playing well, uh, but I tell you what, Dustin Johnson, when he's on, he is by far one of the best players in the world, so it was really good to see Dustin playing well, um, and this week they're at the Honda, which is something we would have usually expected to see Tiger playing in, um, speaking of Tiger, just scrolling through the Instagram feed for the PGA Tour, how about that fairway bunker shot he hit uh, last week in Mexico? Unbelievable. It almost went in, too. And the, the 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 action that he had to put on that thing to cut it around the corner, and when it landed on the left side of the green and spun dead right towards the pin, you're like, wow, that's that's what we're used to seeing from the Tiger of old. So he, he fared pretty well, another top 20. Uh, I, re- I really think he he's just getting into form uh nothing spectacular yet might throw in a really solid round but then have some ho-hum rounds but here's here's what he's doing you know uh two three events into the year for him and he's making cuts and he's finishing top 20 sometimes a little bit better so i think he's just gearing up feeling things out as we head into uh the majors and Perhaps even next week at uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is a home game here for us in Central Florida. But again, this week uh, is the Honda, uh, the Bear Trap, a lot of made of uh, Jack's uh, renovations, PGA National, a lot of a lot of good holes there. That 15th, 16th, and 17th hole is quite a stretch of holes. I was listening to Jack talking about that and some other things on Morning Drive and uh, just a really really cool golf course and a really good event uh and but of course as i was saying before unfortunately won't be seeing tiger 
out there. You know, I think he's really trying this year to not overdo things. Uh, last year, I don't think coming into the season last year, really anybody had any ideas that he would wind up winning an event. We're always hopeful. Uh, but his from a scheduling standpoint, he really was running out of gas there towards the end. Uh, and I don't think he wanted to do that. And actually, a lot of the players this year uh, making some decisions, some tough decisions on certain things. We heard Phil, uh, I believe it was last week, Phil said something about the Players' Championship was not necessarily an event he had to play in, and he definitely caught some flack for that. Um, but I, I understand what he was saying. Uh, it's you know None of these events are something they have to play in. Uh, I mean, there's obviously championships and majors that these guys want to be competing in and want to, you know, throw throw a trophy up on their mantle at home. But uh, it's it's a tough stretch, and with the change of the schedule here, it's rocking and rolling from about the Florida swing, which started this week on through until you know August. It's going to be quite the stretch. So. Uh, again, they're in Florida this week. The start of the Florida Swing at PGA National, the the Honda Bear Trap, a lot of great players in the field. Uh, we got guys like DJ or Brooks Kepka. Kepka's really excited about getting here on his home turf. Uh, a lot of these guys actually live down that way uh, near PGA National, and I because of that, I'm I'm gonna put put some. Uh, money there on you know Ricky Fowler maybe Justin Thomas Brooks Kepka, DJ I mean these guys are all playing a home game basically and it's it's going to be fun to see that so um, yeah that's my picks for this week at the Honda Classic the women have a big event this week uh, the women are at the HB or HSBC Women's World Championship in Singapore Michelle Wee in the field uh, she's got quite the following Instagram. I follow Michelle. Uh, scrolling through the leaderboard here uh, as it's now Thursday, the 28th of February, as I'm posting this. Uh, looking for most, some Americans in the hunt. Let's see. We got a 68 by Amy Olson. Uh, that's T1, good enough for T1 through the first round. Uh, she'll be teeing off tomorrow at 10 23. Uh, Danielle Kang, she's at two under. Christy Kerr, she's at even. So it looks like the course is playing pretty difficult. You know, we've got three under leading, only a few numbers, few red numbers uh, in the in the field. Uh, Lydia Ko, she's at even. Just a big log jam at even with Lexi Thompson, Lydia Ko, and that's good enough for T32 right now. Um, I want to I want to send a shout out to Jackie Concolino. She is a local girl here in Central Florida. She actually played on the Bishop Moore High School team, the girls team, when I was coaching the boys team at Bishop Moore. So uh, I've seen Jackie play, and she's she's quite the talent. You should follow her on Instagram. Uh, she works really hard, and she's had solid last couple years on the LPGA tour. Uh, I think big things are coming eventually for her. I see a win in her future, maybe even this year, but she's at a T32 at uh, plus one right now uh, at the HSBC World Championship in Singapore. 
Uh, so yeah, that's what's going on on the two major tours. Uh, you know, something I wanted to, to bring up in this episode this week was the uh, conversation I heard Damon Hack and, and Mr. Nicholas talking about on Morning Drive, talking about golf course design, and and of course Jack's one of the premier golf course designers, renovators in the game, and really has been even since he was playing. He was, you know, back in 86 when he won the Masters, his, I believe that was his last victory on the PGA Tour, he uh, he was designing courses, doing a lot of course design and renovation work, and, you know, he said some interesting stuff today, uh, they were talking about some of his courses out out west, and it was interesting, he said, you know, as, as long as, as players are hitting the ball, not just the pros, but amateurs too, uh, we talk about the length of golf courses all the time, and and we also, on the same hand, talk about playability of golf courses and making the game fun for everybody. But it's interesting, you know, a course like I believe it was Desert Mountain was what they were talking about. Uh, you know, it could play as long as 8,000 yards from one set of tees and as short as, you know, 4,000 yards from another set of tees. And that's really uh, what golf courses, in my opinion at least, and I, it seems like Mr. Nicholas wholeheartedly agrees, uh, that you, you need to be able to make golf fun for all the wide gamuts of different players that are out there, uh, whether it's your 30-plus handicapper or non, even non-established handicap golfer, somebody that's just getting out there, uh, kids, women, seniors. You know, you've got to make those golf courses playable uh, from not just the yardages you put out there because it makes – Makes no sense to have a hole, you know, a par four that's playing, you know, 490 from the back tees and, you know, 250 from the from the up tees, but uh, but there's design flaws in there that the you're only paying attention to the what's going on from the tee boxes for the big boys and the folks playing way back at 490 or 450 or 400 and not taking into account the design of that particular hole for the the folks playing up at 250 and it could still be a challenge even though it's a shorter yardage so it's not necessarily always about the yardages that we have out there or you know you can't say well I've got six sets of tees uh, with all these different yardages that's that's a good start but it's really about the playability of the hole and and are there landing areas that are generous for everybody are there hazards that come into play for some and not others are there you know different quirks or a downhill you know you you could have a wide fairway but have it going uphill for someone playing for from a shorter you know tee yardage uh or you could have put in maybe a slope and have them catch a slope and get a little bit more run out on their tee ball and make them feel good about and give them that opportunity uh to put one on the green and make a good score on the hole you know, it's 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 not always par, birdie, bogey. You know, for a lot of people, I know when I was playing golf uh, years ago, when my when my father-in-law, who's not a golfer at all, would go out and play with us, we had a, a double par rule was the thing that we did because, you know, he was just out there enjoying spending time out on the golf course, and he's not a golfer, and he's never going to make claims that he was a golfer, but... I really thought that, you know, for someone like that, that only goes out a handful of times a year at best, maybe even once or twice a year or plays in the scramble, 
uh, that we need to cater to those people. Because, you know, if they go out there and have a good time, uh, of course they're going to be more likely to give it a shot again. And you, you take a person like, like, maybe plays once or twice a year. And maybe it's a scramble event, a company event, a charity event, which is typical of a lot of your fringe golfers. Uh, they're going to have their ball in the pocket a lot of times. They're going to be playing with some better golfers, and they're not going to really be getting a true feel uh, for the game. And I think if we can provide opportunities on the golf course with the yardage and with the course setups and pin positions, that's another thing that a lot of, I believe, superintendents and those they send out to set pins really don't consider, is making things accessible to to everybody that plays the game. Uh, we, we really have to, as, as leaders in the industry, as golf professionals in the industry, as course owners, course operators, we really need to take this stuff seriously about making the, gun, the game fun for everybody. Uh, I, I just started writing some uh, articles for Golf Range Magazine, PGA Magazine. Uh, first one's going to be out this month in the March issue. And I, and I was talking about, you know, the love of the game and and the importance of having a passion for the game of golf and i and I was really catering more in that article to uh those that put in the time and put in the work to get better and specifically the juniors i work with but but this really goes for everybody i i I even think Tiger Woods and I mentioned in the article is really finding his way back to the game because he has a deeper appreciation now I think for life in general but for the game as well. So uh, it, it really is about having a passion and love for the game. Nobody's going to go out there and, and play this game, which is admittably by many people one of the most difficult games that there is, and have a good time if it's just hard and, you're, and it's frustrating and it's difficult and there's no fun elements in there. you got to make the game fun, okay? And... Obviously, there's ways to do that with being out with your friends and, and things like that. But the frustration that you can have from the game because of the difficulty, why would you... Let's, let's take this scenario. You're just getting in the game. You, you get a couple lessons. You go out on the golf course for the few, first few times. You start to slowly but surely figure it out. And you're like, oh, I made a birdie. And this is fun. Uh, but... You know, it's it's not necessarily something that can always be fun if you're not going to continue to put the work in with practicing and, and doing what it takes. But why would you go practice and do what it takes if it's frustrating? Uh, so, of course, you, you've got to have that element of uh, having a love for what you're doing because nobody in their right mind would do something uh, that they're not passionate about or don't have a good time with. Um, so it, it's it's super important to... Uh, as owners and operators and instructors and people that work in the industry that we're well aware of uh, the elements of enjoyment and fun that are necessary for people to continue playing our game. You know, I, I was uh, working with some of my juniors this week, as I do every week, uh, and this past weekend, and we get we get very technical sometimes because we're trying to ingrain some, some of the most important you know concepts with the golf swing and make them understand certain things and um but I really haven't yet at least this year putting uh putting an emphasis on 
having the passion and love for the game. And that's something I'm going to talk to talk to my kids this weekend and next weekend that I uh when I work with them and messages that I send out on on the coach now app to them is you know especially for kids it's important to really love what you're doing, really have a passion for what you're doing. Um but also have a plan, work the plan. Um have a good support group around you. And I had mentioned this in the podcast last week. Everybody has their role in the support group. Uh, the parent's role should be that of the parent. Should not ever be that of the coach, at least in my opinion. Uh, caddying is one thing, but uh, you should have a good team, especially if your child shows some skill sets and, and wants to pursue the game a little bit more. You need to have a good support team around you. That includes a parent being a parent, includes a coach, a professional, someone that can help with the technical aspects of the game, but at the same time can also help with, you know, the the game's an emotional game, the game's a psychological game, and, and a lot of the golf professionals out there and instructors can help in that aspect too. Um, and I think that's true for everybody is uh, having people around you that you can have look at your swing uh you know have an instructor that you can go to from time to time um and i think these things are important uh so yeah that was something that i wanted to talk about another thing i wanted to talk about too is um one of the one of the biggest challenges i think people have with the game uh is the time factor and i don't necessarily think and i i'm I'm more of your typical golfer, uh, typical, I would say, fan of the game, where tradition is important to me, but I'm also much more progressive in the way of thinking that golf doesn't necessarily have to be what has been deemed over the course of history is a round of golf. How do you define a round of golf? Is it 18 holes? Is it nine holes is it anything less than nine holes and a lot of people that are traditionalists would say no that's you know you play three holes or six holes what's that but I again I think golf course operators golf course owners need to for the health of the game and the enjoyment that people have at their facilities they need to offer different things I mean this is a ever-changing world it's an ever-changing industry and uh, or at least should be, and if we if we stay in neutral and and you know stick hold hold tight to and stick to those traditions that we have within the game, that could you know absolutely be detrimental to where we head as an industry and as a game into the future. So you know, of course, we've talked about this before on other podcasts about things like Top Golf and stuff like that, and I think it's fantastic. But at the golf course level. I think I think operators and owners need to consider things like that. Top Golf has a thing called Top Tracer Range or Top Range that you can put on your driving range at a golf course or a standalone driving range, uh, and you know have the same view of hitting the golf ball that you would see when you're at Top Golf on the screen. So that would be something you could add to your uh, driving range. That would be fun. There's a thing called Cosmic Golf. Uh, that's I, I believe it's based out of Orlando here, where you can use these night glow golf balls and, and put obstacles out on the range that glow and are lighted. And, 
you know, music and having fun. That's another thing I see a lot more of is people wearing earbuds and, and playing music while they're playing the game. I don't see a damn thing wrong with that. And there's a lot of traditionalists out there that may have a problem with that. There's a lot more golf courses when you pull up into the cart area, the staging area, and get ready to go out for your round or as you're coming in uh, from the golf course after your round where you'll hear music playing in the speakers around the clubhouse or in the cart barn. That's great. I mean, you got to keep it a relaxed atmosphere and make sure that people are having fun because it is... It's a game, and it, and it's supposed to be for enjoyment, uh, and it, and it shouldn't be this this stuffy atmosphere that uh, is stereotypical of you know a lot of the things when we talk about the tradition of game of the game. And and look, as I said a few seconds ago, I'm a for the most part a traditionalist. Um, I, I I love the history of the game. I I love every aspect about what golf's about. But again, I, I feel that we should continue to do things for the positive going forward to make it a game for everybody. Uh, I had a conversation with a local golf club here in Orlando or the Orlando area, north part of Orlando, that was looking to put in some junior programming at their club. And they had contacted us, Little Linksters, about doing some programming from them. And, uh, you know, when... When clubs or committees at clubs say things like that, I, I don't think sometimes they understand when we say phrases like junior golf. We want junior golf at our club. Well, what does that mean? What, what do you envision as junior golf? To me, junior golf is something for kids from ages 3 to 18. For others, it could just be high school golf. For others, it could have nothing to do with tournaments, and it could be clinics. For others, it could be private lessons. For others, it could be, we don't want juniors on our course at all, and that does exist out there. Uh, but again, for me, it should, be, it, it should cover every single young person that wants to play the game. Black, white, red, green, purple, it doesn't matter. Girl, boy, doesn't matter. Uh, someone in a wheelchair... And, or an able-bodied person. It doesn't matter. Everybody that wants to play this game should have that opportunity to play the game. And, and unfortunately, that's not necessarily the attitude at all golf courses, at all golf facilities. Uh, so it definitely needs to be a game for everybody and for the masses. And, and that starts with the kids. That's always and forever going to be where you grow that passion for the game is the younger they are. And there's, there's statistics out there that, that show if you start this game very, very young, you'll stick to it for the rest of your life. But that first introduction to the game has to be something that's enjoyable. And it goes back to what I was saying you know, a few minutes back, that why would anybody want to do anything or play a game or do anything that wasn't enjoyable? So, you know, starting kids super young, which always hasn't been the thing, and I'm happy to see over the course of the last four, four five, six years that there's more and more uh, golf pros out there and facilities out there letting the younger kids out. That definitely has not been the case for that long in the game. Uh, but you should have programming, all types of programming, at your facility, at your club, when you're talking in terms of junior golf, we want junior golf at our golf course. Elite players, 
kids just batting it around in the driving range, just hitting putts. Uh, you can do all kinds of different things. And here, here's the thing from a business standpoint for a club operator, club owners. You get those kids out there. Let's say you have a clinic every Sunday and you get anywhere from five to ten kids out there. Well, they're going to have at least one, maybe two, maybe even three, four adults out there watching them in their clinic. So you take those, let's say, ten kids, and let's just say two people, two adults per kid. Now we're talking about ten kids, twenty adults. Uh, club members see see all the people gathered around the putting green or the chi- driving range, and and people, for the most part, I think most golfers love to see the kids out there. Uh, but you create that atmosphere at your club where people see that and the parents are coming to support their kids. And before you know it, they're going to be coming back outside of the clinic with their child to go hit balls on the driving range. And then when they get to that next level, when they're ready to play on the golf course, now you've got new customers just because of that one having that one junior program uh, one hour a week at your facility. And if you multiply that out and have several different programs and create that atmosphere with juniors in mind, now you're creating an atmosphere for families. And now the, the husband might have more ammunition with the wife to say, hey, I want to go out and play golf Saturday afternoon And now, since she's experienced the golf course or watched their child play on the golf course, uh, it's not that big a deal for for the wife to say, yeah, absolutely, go out and play nine holes. Why don't you bring, you know, little Austin out with you? So it, it creates this family atmosphere just by having the junior programming at your facility. And courses need to cater to that. They need to use that opportunity with people being there for an hour, have a special menu for the parents, maybe have the timing of the junior clinics around a lunchtime, and maybe the parents can grab, you know, off of a special menu just for the parents of the kids in the program with special pricing, or offer coupons for them to come back during family tea time hours on another day, maybe super late in the day, and have them go out as a family for a discounted rate late in the day. I mean, there's just so many things you could do by having an active junior program at your facility. And we have done much better in the game, in our industry the last couple of years. Um, but we've still got a long, long way to go to making these places an inviting, entertaining, you know, again, it's that mindset of tradition at a club versus party time at a top golf. If you could create that top golf fun atmosphere, music, at your facility, at your golf course, then you've got the makings for some really cool things and and more business and ringing that cash register more. So that's just some things to take into account. And like I said, we've we've gotten better. We've gotten more inclusive. We've gotten more uh, accepting of, of people who are newbies and understanding that it's intimidating to come out to a golf course for the first time uh, but we still have a long way to go if look if you're somebody that's not affiliated from the business standpoint of a club but you're a member of a club or a regular at a club <coughs> excuse me you should encourage uh, the the staff and the ownership of that club 
as a member, you should encourage them, you know, hey, we, we need to have more program out here. I, I feel like we could have some some of the friends of our family or more, or the friends of our kids that come out here, uh, come out here more or come out here for the first time if there was more opportunities for them. So, you know, the, those may be things you want to bring up as a member at the club. Uh, definitely anybody listening to this that works in the golf industry, really take this seriously because, look, we're at a time in our game right now where if you're not entertaining people, there's plenty of other things for them to do, and there's no need for them to come to your facility. So you got to think in those terms, having fun, making the game inclusive, and making it an opportunity not just for traditional golfers to come out, but for everybody to come out your facility. So that's that's what I've got this week, uh, Love of the Links radio podcast. Uh, you can catch us weekly. Uh, there is no set time frame when I get these uploaded onto the podcast. We're on 10 different platforms out there, including Apple, uh, Google, uh, all the major podcast uh applications out there where you can catch us on anchor which is our flagship uh, app that we use and do a lot of the recording uh, also check us out at love of the links at gmail.com send us your emails uh, check us out on facebook instagram love of the links uh, i really appreciate some of the notes i've been starting to get from people that are actually listening to the podcast i can't believe that there's people listening to our podcast i knew it would take some time but uh, eventually get a little bit more popular as we go uh but that's it for this week the week of february 25th i hope to get some action going with people sending in questions comments checking us out on facebook instagram uh but enjoy the golf this weekend get out there and play this weekend whether it's at a course or at a top golf or or whatever the case may be a driving range Enjoy watching the HSBC Women's World Championship. Enjoy the Honda Classic on the PGA Tour. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody.